What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. And uh, yeah, normal service has been resumed. The Premier League is about to start back up on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And uh, they have a full schedule. And we're going to talk about the Caribou Cup games yesterday and today. There was also a draw after the, so we can see who are in the quarterfinals. Is that what it is, Lee? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. I was just going to talk about matchups in the Premier League coming up on Monday, Tuesday. Anything Wednesday? And one game Wednesday. So what's up, y'all? We back. Uh, got Lee Hudson, stand-up comic, uh, Southampton fan. What's up, fam? I'm all good. I'm all good. It's, uh, yeah, looking forward to, I mean, I know we've had some club football with the Carabao Cup, but I'm looking forward to the mm-hmm. full the full thing, the league football, getting back underway, Boxing Day. It's going to be fun. And then just tell everybody what you just told me, like you were just on your way back from somewhere. Uh, yeah, so I had um, I had a show in Manchester last night, um, or just outside Manchester, and I was driving up. Um, obviously, from the south takes about four hours for me to get to Manchester. Three and a half on a, on the way back when it was quiet, but four hours on the way up with with traffic. And I stopped at um, like a rest stop, a service station just outside. I think it was which one was I at? Uh, Keel Services, which is like Stafford, Staffordshire Cheshire border, so about an hour and a bit south of Manchester. And it was nice because I've traveled like for shows over the last few weeks while the World Cup's been going on. And um, occasionally you'd see like some fans of maybe like some League One or League Two clubs or something. But this time it was really busy. There was a whole bunch of United fans traveling up for the game against Burnley. There was a bunch of Forest fans in there too because they were Mm -hmm. playing away to Blackburn in the Carabao Cup. There was loads of conversations going on while we were queuing for food because obviously Forest and United play on Boxing Day as well. So their fans were talking Mm -hmm. about that game, talking about their games that night. Um, it's nice to see I've, I've missed that uh, while the World Cup's been going on um, seeing all the fans on the road um, as well and uh, yeah I joined in a little bit obviously Forest fans and us mm-hmm. we're talking about who's more likely to go down um, hilarious but, they said, yeah, no, I, I bet you the, the Forest fans said Southampton or oh no we were both confident we were both fighting to, for who's going to be the worst. I'm, I'm like, no, we're going down. They're like, no, we're going down. I was like, we're probably both going down. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's not only one spot, yeah. but... Guys, well, they, they, there's enough room for the both of you to go down. You're yeah. good. And, what, and one more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they, they claim they've got some money to spend in January, the Forest fans. So um, Jesus. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, if they go sign another 20 players or something. Um, <laughs> What you, call it? what you just what you just described just sounds like uh, one of those Qatar fan zones, like the service station <laughs> in England is like where all the fans meet up on their way to or back from a game. So it's almost like a Qatar fan zone. I didn't even know that happened. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's always fun. You see, um, you see it on a lot on, especially on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. If, if you, especially if you're somewhere in the middle of the country on a Saturday and you stop, there'll be people from so many different clubs. Like you see loads of people with the shirts on. Um, mm-hmm. On the way home, I passed the um, the Forest team bus as well. Um, they were mo- it was on the motorway though, so mm-hmm. wasn't that a service stop? Otherwise, that could have been funny. Um, but yeah, it's, you see it a lot here. It's, it's good fun. Um, sometimes I've, I've seen it just on a couple of occasions. I've seen it get a little bit aggressive. 
Um, but that's not for a few years that I've seen that. So uh, it's generally right. quite good natured, good banter. Um, but yeah, so it's a fun part of traveling around the country. No, that's good to hear. That's good. That's definitely good to hear. Like, you know, all the things I think about football, I just never thought about that part of it. And that would be some cool, fun shit to see, you know? Yeah, I mean, because uh, it's such a small, small island with so many football teams, you know, on mm-hmm. a game where there, on a day where there's, you know, upwards of, you know, 50 teams across the, all the leagues traveling. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of people on the roads. <laughs> yeah, that makes complete sense. Uh, did you see the Man City versus uh, Liverpool game? And what are your thoughts on it in the Caribou Cup? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's been some other Carabao Cup games this week, but that was like the flagship one. Um, yeah. Happened a few hours ago and it was it was a fun one to watch. Um, but I, I just never get tired of watching De Bruyne put on a masterclass every time he steps on the field, well, especially in a City shirt. <laughs> for Belgium, mm-hmm. maybe he didn't quite have, um, I don't know, um, it didn't quite happen for him. But in a City shirt, I mean, some I mean, of the balls he guy, plays. I know, poor guy in for Belgium, he has... Uh, unfit Lukaku on the end of his passes but for Man City he has an ego waiting in top form Harlan who's like when are you all getting back from this World Cup so I can do this again <laughs> like waiting for the end of his passes yeah that's it I mean the guy's a monster as well you put the ball in the box he's got those long legs like he's, he's, he scored another goal tonight where he just he's off the ground and he just gets those legs out and in the front of the defenders and mm-hmm. puts it away. But I mean, my favourite pass of the night was one that didn't even result in a goal. It was um, De Bruyne whipped a deep cross in for Ake that he Ake headed it um, sort of fairly softly at the keeper. But the cross that De Bruyne put in for that, the whip on the ball and the accuracy was just unreal. But I just love watching him. But then it was fun watching some of the kids for City as well. Like I think like Cole Palmer is... He's, <laughs> <laughs> he looks talented he, like yeah he looked like he was away at the world cup the way he played <laughs> today like he's talented and i'm sure he has a great future but like there was one ball i think harlan put it on the dime for him yeah and it, you could you could tell that he's really it, it, i guess it's weird now in football for you to be left-footed and play on the left mm. because he put he almost passed that ball back to harlan and said oh bro you're right in front of the goal put it in the goal <laughs> Yeah, his, his finishing's definitely still got some work to do, but I mean, everything else the guy does, like, he, again, he's someone who every time he passes the ball, he's like, he's, you can see how technically gifted he is. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he'll have to be more clinical if he wants a space in that team um, or to challenge for a space in that team, but just, it, like, he can't be that far off and Pep obviously trusts him because he's played him in some Champions League games as well. Um, so he's definitely one that's knocking on the door and talking of technique, I mean, that Mares goal was... I mean, that was an unreal first touch just to to kill the ball and put it in a place where he could then just step into it and strike it into the corner like he did off, off a high pass. Like that ball would have traveled. It wasn't, that wasn't an easy one touch bring down. Like he just, he did that. He made that look so easy and it's not. Like that's, that's a really difficult piece of skill that he pulled off there. And that was, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just fun watching those guys. Yeah, we could tell what Mahrez has been working on while he wasn't at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that, yeah, it's, you know, he, the way to kill the ball and take the defender out of the play is mm. like bananas. And then set, hit the ball up 
exactly where you want that shit to be to take the shot yeah. with all in one play. So then it's just like at, you created a tap in for himself, basically. <laughs> yeah, as a as a little goal. Yeah, and and obviously not all all City as well. I mean, Liverpool had some moments. I think City obviously mm-hmm. they dominated the game. I thought they deserved the win. Um, but I mean, I know he missed a couple of chances, but Nunez looked lively. He was running yeah. that left channel um, regularly, trying to you know get in behind, and obviously he did for the one he set up for Salah. Um, the one, uh, the goal that Carvalho scored, though, I thought was kind of, or was it the Salah one? I thought the, the the goalkeeping was. I think it was the second goal. The goalkeeping was quite suspect for Salah's goal for Ortega. He sort of left the goal wide open for Salah when he didn't really need to go out as far as he did um, when the cross mm. was coming over. Because um, as soon as it got squared, like Salah just had to roll it in. Whereas if Ortega had kind of had his positioning better, he could have made him. You know, he, he could have made a save or made Salah at least have to finish a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, you can see why he's the the city number two by a by a long way. Um, but yeah, it's um, not much you could do about Carvalho's goal. It was definitely the second one where I thought he could have positioned better. This the first one, Carvalho just mm-hmm. finished out well low. But yeah, I mean, both teams, neither of them played full full strength teams. They had some of the guys out there, like all the England players were on the bench for City. None of them started. Um, they had some World Cup players there, and obviously Liverpool rested a few. Firmino's out injured. Jota's out injured. Um, so they gave some people a chance, but yeah, it was, it was a fun one to watch. I enjoyed that tonight. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they did feel pretty strong teams, like with just a few exceptions. Like, uh, Man City introduced Lewis, who did a pretty good job and has some speed mm-hmm. and a future just based on this game because you know, it's a Caribou Cup game, you're playing Liverpool, who has been like, like, whenever. Premier League flourishes, it's because at any given moment, there are two top teams that go at each other for the title every year. It used to be United versus Arsenal, then United Chelsea. It was United everybody for a minute. It hasn't been a case now. But the main case, then it was United Man City and then United dropped out. And then now it's Man City, Liverpool. And And Liverpool... This is one of their only few chances based on where they are in the table right now for them to win something this year. So I don't mm. wouldn't say that they went into this game lightheartedly and Pep wants to win everything and Klopp wants to win everything. So so for Lewis to be in this game, you know, he he I think he acquitted himself pretty well. It's not like, all right, this is a one off. And it's a it's a weird game too, if you're a coach, because Pep at some point took out Haaland because these teams haven't been running full games. They've had some pre-season, mid-season games. And it's weird to have, number one, two pre-seasons in one season, but that's what's happened because of the World Cup, so that's all weird too. So then you have to get your players integrated back into the team and playing with each other and playing 90 minutes. So at some point in the game, even though this is a Caribou Cup game, it's a knockout game. If you lose, you go home. You still have to like get your players who are at the World Cup integrated back at the team. So at some point, Pep took out Haaland, which is kind of crazy because you want to win the game, but you're still putting in quality players. You're putting in Foden mm-hmm. and Grealish, but in any team, you take out a Haaland, whoever you replace him with is a downgrade and no disrespect yeah. to them. 
So you're taking a risk. So it's good that Pep got to experiment, do that, and then still like win the game. Because he definitely would have been criticized if uh, Liverpool, who were dangerous all game, like you were saying with Darwin Nunez, he's off. He, he, he missed. He had four shots. And uh, yeah, he could have did better. Great assist to Salah. But yeah, he's got to work on like his angles on the right and how to put the ball past the keeper. And Yeah, the couple of good positions, didn't he, net. where he, he dra- dragged it wide. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got to come back on his composure. But I believe in him as a player. I think he's going to be pretty dangerous. Yeah. Just the, the runs he made and knowing where to be to get these opportunities is pretty yeah. dope. So, yeah, I believe I mean, in the danger that he could be. The angle, though, that he was getting tonight, I mean, you saw someone last night who who fully knew how to finish from that angle. Your boy, who? Rashford. <laughs> who, who could that be? Who could that be? Marcus <laughs> motherfucking Rashford, yeah. So he's definitely getting better. And I don't know it was Burnley, but it's the top team in the championship and top teams in the championship. I mean, you could be leading the championship at that. It's so early, so I can't say nothing. But uh, they seem to have Vincent Company, good coach so far. So, and I think last year, Man United got knocked out of the FA Cup or the League Cup by a championship team like Milford or something like that. So (laughs) you want to beat these teams. And yesterday, Rashford came in and uh, that goal is definitely going on his highlight reel. Like the dribble is like, you know, I've been watching a lot of messy dribbling videos. And this was like as messy as I've ever seen Rashford normally. And he normally uses his speed to get past people. But this is a combination of speed, close ball control, and then the placement of the ball in the back of the net. So mm. just keep doing what you're doing, Marcus. You're, you're back, you're coming back, and you could be better than you were even when we rated you. This could be a pretty amazing thing. I was disappointed in Marshall that he didn't get any goals yesterday, but at least he didn't He forced the keeper into a good save on that one where mm-hmm. it got squared to him on the edge of the box. And he, he did well to control the ball and then work the yard for to get the shot off but I mean the keeper pulled off a fairly good save yeah um, he gets miserable then, though when he <laughs> he's, he's, when he he's, took him yeah out. he's French that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess that makes sense he's got that he's got that moodiness mm-hmm. he never looks happy even when he scores he doesn't look happy he's still right. he's, but I mean I thought I thought you guys played well from the bits I saw on the highlights um, like you say Burnley are they're they're probably going to be a Premier League team again next season. Most of their players played in the Premier League over the last few years mm-hmm. for Daesh as well. So they got they got good players in there. And I mean that first goal was lovely as well. The pick from Fernandez to to find Wambasaka on that run on the right side. And Wambasaka did so well to put that ball exactly where Ericsson needed it as well. Yeah, um, Wambasaka nice, nice everybody goal. has written off because they say he can't he doesn't go forward and he doesn't cross the <laughs> ball. He did exactly what everybody's been saying he doesn't do. So now yeah. everybody's like, their eyebrows are raised. Like, Wait a minute, do you have to get rid of him? Maybe, <laughs> I mean, you, uh... <laughs> go ahead. You said you, you said you knew what Mare has been working on over the World Cup break. Now we see what Wambasaka has been working on yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, trying to get me out of this team? Fuck y'all. <laughs> nah, 
Because I think Juan Pesaka do have a lot of qualities. And why can't somebody talk to become forward, to yeah, move yeah. forward more? You know, it's like, and when did we make in somebody being a good defender? England is so funny. Like, mm. uh, Trent Arnold, he comes forward too much. He doesn't go back enough, you know? And if they completely trash his offensive game for some lapses, where Liverpool still overall had a great season, won two trophies, and we're in four finals. And it's like, so they trash him. But then now Wan-Bissaka, the complete opposite. He doesn't come forward enough. So what if he's a good <laughs> defender? How does that help? And it's like, like, you can't win in England, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's that, I think that's what the good point now where you've got someone like Ten Hag, who Ten Hag's not just a manager, he's a coach as well. Mm-hmm. Like He can coach. Because there's some managers who they have like a team of people who coach for them and they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, the figurehead and they pick the team and they deal with the interpersonal stuff. But Ten Hag can coach as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if he has, like, I mean, we joke about it, but if he has been working with, you know, Wambasaka on that sort of stuff, because if he's got those defensive attributes, like you're saying, he's good, then why can't he be taught the other things? Because um, it's not like it's, it's not like he's got the scratch. main thing down. Yeah, exactly. The thing you can't teach, he's got. So yeah, you could teach him the thing that he, you know, which is an extra quality. He, mm. he could get that. Yeah, and he's you know he's a professional footballer, so he's going to have a base level of technique. He's quite a quick mm. player as well. So if you can teach him the timing of those runs and the positioning of those runs, he's got the physical attributes to put himself in those right positions. And that's what he did with that one. I mean, he timed the run perfectly. Bruno Fernandes found the pass perfectly and then he executed that ball across the face of goal. Like, he couldn't have done it any better. That was, like I say, but he put it exactly where Eriksen needed him to put it and that was, yeah, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, and the way Manchester United likes to play, like, they like to, they, they have this attack in line that where they're all in line with the opposition defenders and to have extra options to pass in between the defensive lines. Like, the fullbacks are like in line with the forwards. And he was there in line with the forwards, raising his hand going, like, let me get that. So he's already, mentality-wise, he's in the right position. And then yeah. the cross is a little bit beyond that. And then he gets to it and it's like, let me one time this in. And he did and gets to yeah. Ericsson, which it was, a, it was a beautiful goal. And I know everybody was like, was that Pamba Saka? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, we should keep monitoring this situation. I want to give Burnley props though, because like you said, like they are under under uh, what's his name, Vincent Company, have been they they played impressive yesterday. Like they had forty four percent of the ball, and it wasn't a bullshit possession. And and you know they tried to play out the back. Sometimes they could, and sometimes they couldn't. But they were determined, and a lot of times they did. And you know. They had the ball sometime. And I was like, hey, man, why do they got the ball? But, you know, it's our job when another team can hold on the ball to keep our composure and keep our structure and uh, deal with it. And we did. And, it, and is it Chris Wood? Let me see who they have as a holdover from the Sean Dykes days. They got Barnes. He, Barnes. He, they got- he blew. Yeah, so he, Barnes. I always get Woods and Barnes mixed up, but Barnes <laughs> blew pretty much at least two sitters. Yeah. Like one was definitely like you should have put that in the net. And I, and I, at that point, it was one one. It was one nothing. Yeah. 
So that was a really dangerous moment. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Debrav- Debravka had to make a Debravka had to make a good save at one point, and then there was the other one where the Debravka fuck up, where he didn't Bro. even get anywhere near that cross, and Casemiro had to bail him out on the line. <laughs> oh, Debravka was not <laughs> looking good, man. It was not a good look for Debravka. Of the multiple mistakes, there was one pass that was right back to him, and he kicked over it. He had to run and chase it and stop it before it went over the line. It's a good thing to pass. <laughs> Didn't have that much pace on it. So, yeah, the Braca, like if we're playing a game and uh, the gear gets injured and he has to come in, uh, I would, I would <laughs> uh, clinch my butt cheeks the entire, <laughs> for the rest of that game. He's not, that did not look good yesterday at all. Uh, but we won. And what about Southampton? How did y'all fear in your game? Um, we beat Lincoln 2-1. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, Nathan Jones's first home game. Um, I mean, we made hard work of it a little bit. We went 1-0 down. It was a really scrappy goal that we conceded to start with. It was off a mm. corner. Um, we didn't. We sort of only half cleared it. The ball went back in. One of their players challenged with our keeper and our keeper ended up uh, punching it into his own net. <laughs> um, but... I mean, overall, though, we, you know, we, we dominated the game. We had, um, just looking at the stats here, we had 69% possession. We had 16 shots, six on target. They only had two shots on target out of five. So we, we, we played how you would expect us to play against a League One team. We dominated, but it was the same old story from us that we just, we're lacking a, a clinical striker. Shea Adams scored two, but mm-hmm. he should have scored five. And in a Premier oh, League, snap. in the Premier League, you don't get, that leniency like you get maybe one or two chances where you need to finish and you know on some days he can do it there is a good player in there but I mean Adam Armstrong was playing up front with him he didn't look very convincing oh boy um, Stuart Armstrong was better when he came on as a sub um, but I mean we played I mean, a fairly strong team he couldn't have been worse <laughs> um, but we, we played five at the back or like or three at the back with wing backs to begin with and then we switched to play a back four and we looked better after the switch um, Nathan Jones likes playing with a the, with the three centre backs, um, but he said he's not. In the interviews afterwards, he got sort of questioned over the tactics and changing it around, and he sort of said that he's not like committed to one system. He'll play whatever he feels he needs to win games. So mm-hmm. I think he was trying his preferred system, but it hasn't quite worked. So it'd be interesting to see what we start with against Brighton. Um, didn't uh, didn't your ex coach try that? The three at the back was not a problem. Yeah, Ralph Ralph Hasenhut did it at the start of the season. It was terrible, and then we started getting results when he, or for a, a brief period anyway, when, when he switched that back to a back four. So, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, different coaches coach different formations, different ways. So, right. um, it might turn out to be good. It might not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we need to be looking for a striker in the window. I don't know whether or not we'll get one of the sufficient quality because January is a hard time to buy um, a player like that, especially when you're on a sort of, you know, not a massive, massive budget like we are. So right. um, it'd be interesting to see what we can find. Um, there were some bright moments. I mean, there were some embarrassing misses in that game as well. Like I say, we should have really made this way more comfortable than we should. There was one where Shea Adams had all the time in the world he could have squared to someone but he just carried on with the ball because he was a hat-trick at that point and then he ended up going too far wide and letting the keeper save it there was another one where El Yunusi you put that just, 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 just you put that one in the chat <laughs> yeah. and it looked, was so messy esque until it was 
Shea Adam esque. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's yeah. chopping people, he's beating people in front of goes going wider and wider and wider. And yeah. then he realizes like, I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> and I can't. And he didn't. And then you're like, he went from messy from Shea Adams to Messi to Shea Adams, to like Shea all Adams. in one play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we had another big one as well, where um, El Yanusi was clean through and he mm-hmm. squared the ball to Edozi, the young kid we signed from Man City. Um, mm-hmm. And he, all he had to do was put it in the net. It was an open goal, but he kind of scuffed it and it went wide. But he, apart from that, Edozi looked really good. He came on as a sub. Um, he looked really lively. The kid's got skill. He's a really mm-hmm. good 1v1 attacker. Um Lots of twists and turns, lots of skills. Um, so he'll, he'll be a good player. I think he's only like 19 or 20 years old. He's he's pretty young. Um, and what's his name? Uh, Samuel Edozi, E-D-O-Z-I-E. He's played for um, you all this season, right? Yeah, he's played a couple of games off the bench. Right. Um, hasn't really started much. But yeah, he's just looking... Oh, he's yeah, 19 years old. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll get there. Um, It'll be interesting because he he's a winger, and obviously if we play five three two or three five two, we don't play with wingers in that system. So it'll be interesting to see, like I say, how Nathan Jones decides he's going to get the best out of this squad because we've got the players to play a back three. We've also got the players to play a back four. So and obviously the players ahead of that. So it'll be interesting how that pans out. But yeah, the Brighton game. I mean, Brighton had their own troubles. They got knocked out the Carabao Cup to Charlton on penalties. It was nil-nil. Um, mm. Brighton played a strong team. They started most of their starting players. Mitoma came off the bench. Mm-hmm. Trossard and Estupinan came off the bench as well. Like They they had uh, a lot of their top guns out there, and so they had a problem. So two teams who didn't really play to their best in the Carabao Cup facing off uh, this weekend. But, I mean, Brighton have got to be favourites just because almost anyone that plays us is favourites right now. So Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing about the Caribou Cup. Like, like we beat Burnley, and you could be like, hey, it's just Burnley. But then you could point to other teams. Like, Brighton ain't far from us in the table, and they mm-hmm. got knocked out the the, 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 the contest. Yeah, like, yeah. right behind us. So it's like, and they beat us, and mm-hmm. they beat us this <laughs> season. So, hey, man. like, have you, have you seen the draw for the next round? Yeah, how do I get to that? Well, t- just tell me. I, 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 I know so, we got somebody we could beat. So, so you I got Charlton. That. You got yeah, Charlton who knocked, who knocked out um, knocked out uh, Brighton. Brighton. So that'd be interesting. Um, I mean, we beat Lincoln. Guess who we get? Oh, <laughs> Man shit. City. Oh, um, we're at ho- <laughs> we're at home at least, which I guess is something. But I mean, I mean, you've been known I, to give Man City some trouble. We have. We have. Um, but I mean, I don't know <laughs> this one. I mean, any, anytime, anytime you play Man City, they're like you're expecting a Man City win. So um, that'll be interesting. There's Forest Wolves, which that's yeah, pretty boring, and Leicester Newcastle, which is a league game this weekend as well. So um, they get to do a little dress rehearsal for that. So Wolves played right, and that was their yeah, they, first game with a uh, what's his name, uh, Lopetegui. Lopetegui, yeah. Yeah, right, they so won then, 2-0 against Gillingham, but they were late goals as well right at the end. Gillingham aren't a very good team. They're like near the bottom of League mm-hmm. 2. Um, right. So, yeah, for Wolves to win that one, only 2-0. But, I mean, it's hard to judge fully on these games because obviously it's teams' first games back. Right. Um, but it's great. It's almost like you get a pre-season 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, in a kind of like serious competition, like so it kind of adds something to the players, like edge. But you, you're getting them back ready for like Monday. But it's 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 a it's a good accidental way for them to come back after the World Cup. So just to have this competition for some team. So I think it's a good good way for Man U to start integrating their players back. Man City, Liverpool, even though they lost for you guys, you got a new coach. So he, he's, it's great for him <laughs> to have this competition to, even though I'm sure you play some behind closed door games, I'm still, it's still mm. good to like, to be in a real thing with some jeopardy yeah. to it. And also, yeah, like you the, say, yeah, there's a, it's, it's a stadium. Yeah. It's a stadium for the fans. You're playing against an opposition mm-hmm. that are trying to, their hardest to beat you as well. Um, and a lot of these games as well, they're playing against, because we're playing against um, EFL teams, they're teams whose seasons haven't stopped. So these these guys are like the Lincoln team we played, they've been playing games. Um, right. Gillingham, who Wolves played, they've been playing games. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're teams who are like in the, in, the, in, the, in the midst of it and, you know, they're on a roll kind of thing in terms of match fitness. So that might have been a little bit of a leveler. Yeah, even for Burnley, they just played two games together before they played yeah. us. They won them. And at moments in their game against us, they looked like better than us. But our individuals showed up at moments. And uh, mm. you could tell that they just had their shit together more than we did. And you could tell, like, 15 players leaving for the World Cup really affected us where they're playing and they're together. So, yeah. Uh, you want to slide over to this thing that we used to talk about all the time called the <laughs> Premier League? It's Boxing like, Day, baby. Boxing Day football is back. <laughs> Let me see what these games are. I'm trying to... I don't even have the Premier League on my phone anymore. Automatic. <laughs> it's been that long. Let me see. Got oh, Brent, Brentford Tottenham's the the early game, so it's unfortunate that we have to start with Tottenham. I guess. Um, <laughs> the Gambler versus Harry Kane. <laughs> well, I don't think the Gambler will be playing. <laughs> they, they, I think I was listening to something, that, and he he can play until he's guilty. Okay. You know? So you know, but don't quote me on that. You know. Yeah. So he's just been gambling on games and he's not allowed to. Once you're in a Premier League or a player or you're a ref or you're an attorney for the players or an agent, from what I'm supposed to hearing that you're not supposed to be able to you're not supposed yeah, anything to that, gamble. Anything that might give you inside knowledge. So yeah, the coaches, players, people around the clubs. Right. Yeah, you're not meant to. Um but I still don't know what he's been gambling on. You know, he could have those because I mean, there's like 230 something mm-hmm. counts. I mean, he could have been gambling on. I don't know. He could have been gambling on the South Korean league, for all right. I know. And technically, you know, he could have inside knowledge, but he probably hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. Or those 230 something things, he could have been betting on like teams where he knows players, or even his own team. So that's the mm-hmm. unknown at the moment um, uh, with yeah. Ivan Tony. I don't, I don't know the severity of it, um, and I think that will dictate the severity of the punishment as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all a bit unknown still. It's still a little bit mysterious about what he's actually done. 
Um, the fact that there's so many counts of it, I mean, doesn't bode well for him. But like I say, if he's been get, betting on games that he has no real knowledge of, um, <laughs> and he and yeah, and whether or not he's maybe you know, I think he probably does have a problem if he's uh, betting that much. So who who knows? Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I hope for his sake and for, just for football's sake that it's not a super serious one and he doesn't get taken out of the game for a long time if he's if he's just been gambling on you know random games um but you know if he's if there's anything that suggests it's maybe some match fixing involved or anything then i mean yeah like i say he's got a problem but i hope for his sake and for football's sake he hasn't because you don't really want to see that sort of thing like it's 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 a shame if right. someone who you know does a thing they love for a living and then they just get pulled away from that um but you know yeah i just hope whatever whatever the punishment is it matches the the severity of the of the crime Especially for someone who's worked his way up through the leagues to get in the yeah. Premier League, and now you're finally here. You're making a, you're making noise. You're being considered for yeah. the England squad, like, mm. and then you get hit with these gambling things. It's like, yeah, you, you definitely uh, hope that this works itself out in his favor, because you don't want to mm. see his career like thrown away like that. That he worked so hard for, and then maybe. You know, this happening, getting kind of accused. Uh, well, like, if he didn't do it, fine. But if he did do it, this will shake him up, straighten him out. Sometimes you need that rock bottom. Slap you in the face. But yeah. Brentford versus Tottenham. Have Brentford. It's the first game, 4.30 a.m. So I'm back at it to the, to the <laughs> World Cup slash Premier League times in the morning. Uh, but yeah, like we haven't seen Tottenham play in a minute. We haven't seen Brentford play in a minute. Uh, Brentford were doing decent. Like, like they won their last game at the end of the 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 before the season took the break for the World Cup. And Tony, I think he scored two goals or some shit like that. Yeah, they got the win yeah. against Man City just after yeah. he uh, just after he was um, left out the World Cup squad. Obviously, sent his little message to. Uh, Mm-hmm. to Southgate obviously that was when, when none of us knew what was going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes as well which yeah Southgate might well have um, um, so yeah I mean if they can do that again against Tottenham if he does play I'd be pretty happy with that um. yeah, it, <laughs> yeah this could be a problem for Tottenham and then like is Conte and them is Tottenham going to play the way that Tottenham has been playing like that's the thing is is Tottenham playing the way their fans are complaining about because their midfielders are not good enough to play the way like Conte definitely wants to play this way, but he wants to play this way better. And is this a personnel problem? It yeah. feels like because everybody I see that they're getting linked <laughs> to seems to be a midfielder. Yeah, um, not sure. It's a weird one. Like obviously that is his style. That's how he likes to play. Um, mm-hmm. But I I just think it. I mean. The way they were playing before, it was just too, it was too passive. Um, like you can play counter-attack football without completely surrendering like everything in games. And they got away with it against some teams, but it was a real, it was a real big um, problem for them every time they played against someone good. Um, mm-hmm. Like they tried to do it against Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal have got players who can pick apart a low block. They've got players who can find the gaps and they punish them. Um, you know, 
you've improved a lot under Ten Hag and when they tried that yeah. shit against you, you guys just pulled it apart because you've got clever players like Fernandez, like Ericsson, who can mm-hmm. do that sort of stuff. Um, they did it against Liverpool at their home ground. Liverpool pulled it apart. They did it against Newcastle. Newcastle pulled it apart. Um, so, you know, every time they face strong opposition this year, uh, I mean, Chelsea did it to a degree against them. Obviously, Tottenham got lucky getting the draw out of that game with some, mm-hmm. you know, controversial goals. But every time they've done it against against good teams, they've they've got pulled apart. They were very lucky to get through their Champions League group because they, you know, tried that against Marseille and Sporting, teams that they, sh- they should be going out and playing on the front foot against. Um, and that's what I haven't really understood about them is that there's been a lot of games. I mean, some of those games, they tried to play a bit more on the front foot. And I think they did better in those games, but... They they play like, on the front foot when they're down, like second yeah. half. That so yeah, they, they have the front foot in them, <laughs> and and that's the funny thing is like, like one team was it Marseille they were down two nothing, or even yeah. in the Premier League they've been down two nothing, and then they start attacking, and then they get the two goals back, and they don't let in any goals. So <laughs> you're actually being as defensive as you want to be while you're attacking. So why yeah. not get on the front foot? immediately because it's helping you defend but yeah they turned it that's the way he wants to play yeah they turned it around against sporting i think in the champions league and they turned it around against uh, bournemouth in the league mm-hmm. and someone else at home uh not that long ago they did it again as well and it's like you know just because like they're, they're they're playing like a small team they're playing like a small team that are at a disadvantage mm-hmm. in a cup game or something it's like no, you've got like you've got Harry Kane, you've got one of the best forwards in the world. You've got Son, who's also one of the best forwards in the world. Like, don't play these guys sixty yards, seventy yards away from the opposition goal. You want those guys playing close to goal. I know, and there are times when you know they've got because like Kane can be quite useful on the counter attack because he can pick a pass. Son's good on the counter attack because you know he's got the legs. Um, but you don't need to do that every single game. Like there are games when you can go out and and, and dominate teams. They've got midfielders who are com- like you know, um, like Benton Kerr and and Hoiberg are both fairly comfortable yeah. on the ball. They've got Bissouma as well. Um, they've got players who you know are comfortable playing that way. It's just a bit of a an odd way to play. But most rational, level-headed Spurs fans I know. Um, obviously, we know some that aren't. Uh, but most rational Spurs fans I know. Like they're they're not enjoying watching Spurs right now. They're not happy with yeah. having them play like that every week and seeing that sort of football because you know even though Spurs don't win trophies at all, that's part of their DNA. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that they've prided themselves on previously has been like playing good football. Um, that mm-hmm. was their trophy, I think, um, <laughs> and they're not even getting that now. So um, you know, I hope for their sake that the ugly football gets them a trophy because otherwise they're just going to have ugly football and no trophies, which um, <laughs> that's a, a pretty a pretty dire mix. And I'm not counting qualifying for Champions League as a trophy. That should be, you know, that should be a given if you're um, if you're throwing money around and stuff. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. But I mean, this this would be an interesting game. I I, I can see Spurs scraping it, but um, I mean, a lot of these games are, are up in the air coming back, you don't really know what sort of form teams are going to be going in with. Yeah. We don't know what the break did to people and we'll yeah. find out. Uh, like, as far as the, the Brentford Tottenham, like, my advice to Conte is at least attack first mm. because you can attack and not give up goals. And then when you get the goal, then you sit back and then you counter because the team's more <laughs> desperate 
they're more likely to make the mistakes that you want them to make and leave the gaps that you want. So play your style. But if you could beat a team, attack them first. And then if you get a goal, <laughs> yeah, then you, then you can sit back and hold on to your lead and counter. But let me, uh, you know, just just consider that. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's also the irony that their most attacking player likes to play away from the attacking area too. So mm-hmm. it, it probably doesn't help that Harry Kane doesn't stay in the box, you know? So it, so when Spurs look bad, they just look bad, you know? Uh, what do you think of your chances up against Brighton? Did we talk about that already? Um, no, we sort of touched on it, but no, it's, um, again, it's, like I mean, the Premier League is unpredictable at the best of times, and it's super unpredictable in these first games back. I mean, you'd have to make Brighton favourites, like I say, because anyone against us is favourites at the moment because of where we are in the league. And I think mm-hmm. Brighton do have a, a better squad than ours right now. But I mean, at home we can we can pull good performances out. We've done it against um, you know big teams this year. We we drew against Arsenal at home. We beat Chelsea at home. Um, you know, so we we we've got it in us to do it. Um, Still, obviously, trying to figure out exactly what the the new manager's style is um, with us and what formation he's going to play. So at least that keeps Brighton guessing as well. Um, but you know they're going to come out. The new manager likes to attack. He likes to press. Um, so you know if if we're doing that as well, it could be quite an open game. It could be a lot of goals in this game. I don't think it's going to be a nil nil. Um, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. so it'll be an interesting one I mean I, I, if someone offered me a draw right now I'd take it I'd take the point because um, you know Brighton are a good team I think they'll be without McAllister so that will hurt mm-hmm. them a little bit but they've still got a lot of good players um, you know like I say Trossard's back Matoma's there he had a good World Cup as well so mm-hmm. um, they've got players who can hurt us for sure and um, yeah it'll be interesting to see but yeah I'd take a point We'll see what we can do, but I'll take a point to get us going again for uh, for the second part of the season. Second part of the season. I, I just want to bring up one point that I forgot to mention about Brentford, and then I got a question to ask you about Southampton versus Brighton. Mm-hmm. So as far as Brentford versus Tottenham, the irony is that Basuma played for like a mid-table Brighton. But when you knew, normally play for a mid-table team, you're the team that sits back, sits back, plays mm. full block, and waits for a moment and scores. But the irony was that the Brighton mid-table team that he played for was actually a very attacking team. So then he gets bought by a team at the top of the table, in the top five slash test, top six. <laughs> and that team starts to play like a mid-table team, <laughs> you know, and plays low block and sits back. So he must be like in confusion land right now. I said, like, wait a minute, I'm in the top part of the table with a top <laughs> part of the table team, but we're playing like the team I was on should have been playing. And the team that I used to be on is playing like how this team <laughs> should be playing. So this one must be like, what the fuck is going on here? But as far as but, Southampton... I mean, go just going back to that point so quickly though, like that's a, a good point because, you know, Spurs are trying to buy people in this window and it depends what sort of player they're trying to buy, but you know, people might look at how Tottenham have played the first half of the season and gone, like, do I want to do that? 
Like, am I going to enjoy <laughs> going to a club and playing and just sitting in my own half, like looking for counterattacks? Like, or do I want to play for a club where I'm going to go express myself? Like, they're after like Amrabat from Morocco. It's like, he's better than that. He, like, he's got skills that can be used all over the pitch. Like, he, I'm sure he could play within that system, but whether or not he would enjoy playing in that system he is might. another thing. Or would he enjoy going to Liverpool and playing with more freedom? Would he enjoy Definitely. going to Chelsea and playing with more freedom? Definitely love Liverpool more if I was Amrabat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Amrabat's a player who could do a job in that system. But, I mean, if it comes down to, you know, if, if clubs are offering him similar similar money and it's like, well, where am I going to enjoy playing? Like, I don't think anyone would enjoy playing in Conte's system right now because it's... It, it just seems a, a miserable style to watch. And I'm pretty sure like all the players I've coached as well, like, I've, I've never found it an easy sell mm-hmm. to coach players to sit and defend and mm-hmm. look for counterattacks. Like some, sometimes it's a legitimate game plan. Sometimes it's an effective game plan in mm-hmm. certain situations. But if that's your default setting, like every week we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I, I've never coached like that. I've only ever done it for like one-off occasions, but None of the players I've ever worked with have ever wanted to do that. Like, as a default, players want to, like, players generally want to press. They generally want to play high up the pitch. They want to be on the front foot. It's, um, yeah, it's a strange one. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they do attract um, based on that. Right. That's why on Monday night, when I do play football occasionally, there's so many goals because nobody wants to sit back. (laughs) Exactly. You have to beg someone to defend. So, yeah. That's that's for football on all the levels. <laughs> uh, Brighton Southampton. So this is a matchup between two teams with new coaches, but one coach mm. is newer than the other. So yeah. I know Brighton. They don't sit back. They like to attack. What's your overall style of this new coach that Southampton has? He he's quite flexible though, because like I've, I mean, it's hard to judge so far because his first game. And he'd only had like a week to prep for it but, or a few days to prep other, for it. The, the team that he was with, like what's uh, his with Luton? MO? Yeah, Luton Again, MO. He, he, was, he was flexible. Like when he was in League One with them, they played good football. They played mm-hmm. quite expansively. And then when they got to the championship, the budget was one of the smallest in the championship. Mm-hmm. And he looked at that and went, well, I'm going to play quite direct, quite physical, quite defensively solid football. But he said he did that because he had to. Like he had yeah. the smallest budget. He couldn't go out and get the players to play a different style against teams with bigger budgets and better players. So he yeah. played that way and he got he got them into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and there were times when they played good football as well when they, when he thought they could. So he's, he seems quite a flexible manager. He's not like completely wedded to one style. Um, I think he wants to press though, from what yeah. I've heard. Um, but I mean, we, we played Liverpool in our first game. You can't really judge too much off that and then we played a league one team in the Carabao Cup so it's gone from one extreme all the way to the other um, so it's hard to read too much into those games obviously against Lincoln like I say we, we dominated the ball um, against Lincoln which we we couldn't do at Anfield against Liverpool um, which Conte so, wouldn't have done against yeah. Lincoln <laughs> yeah, he, would have, he would have played like an even smaller team than Lincoln against Lincoln Um so, yeah, I think Brighton will be an interesting one because, I mean, I, I like Brighton. They're, they deserve a lot of respect for what they've done. Um, but I think if he feels he can get at them, he will. Like, I don't think he'll, especially like, you know, first league game at home, I don't. I think he'll want to play on the front foot um, and that could set the tone. So, it'll, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I hope we do have a go at them because they mm-hmm. like to press and they're quite aggressive. I think if we 
sit too deep, they'll kind of pin us in yeah. a little bit. So I hope I hope we try and flip it and get at them. Um, but like I say, I think that will lead to it being an open game. So it could be it could be a fun one to watch from a neutral perspective. Right. Anyway, I might be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will be. Uh, I guess we can't talk about all the games because it's a full slate. But one game that we talked about before the podcast started, we was talking about Leicester-Newcastle being the most interesting game in the 7 a.m. slot for L.A. people on Monday. So yeah. I, I definitely three, want to 3 p.m. for the U.K. <laughs> yeah, 3 p.m. for the U.K. You get, a, you get a decent hour. But, yeah, um, that's, that's the game I'll probably watch at 7 a.m. when there's four other games on. And uh, Everton Wolves is also interesting. Shit, Crystal Palace and Fulham. Actually, Crystal Palace, Fulham, pretty interesting game. And Everton Wolves, like they got the new Lopetegui. So his first Premier League game versus, you know, what what's Lampard doing? What did Lampard do with this Everton squad during the break? I don't think there was any Everton players at the World Cup, were there? I don't think so, man. So it'll be interesting to see what was going on there. And then <laughs> coming up later on on Monday, Liverpool, who just lost to Man City in the Caribou Cup versus Aston Villa with their new coach. There's so many new coaches in the Premier League now. Like this, it happened. We knew it was happening. But now that I'm going down this list, I'm like, wait a minute. There's a considerable number of new coaches. Um, and maybe... We didn't talk about all these firings or these uh, these new hirings because the World Cup was coming up and it kind of got overshadowed. But another new manager, Unai Emery, who's been here before, but this time with Villa, and uh, he's gotten some results with Villa already versus Liverpool. So this won't be an easy game for Liverpool. So mm. what's your thoughts just, you know, on that joint? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like Emery. His record speaks for itself. Um, you know, even at Arsenal, he didn't do that badly. He got to Europa League final. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a tough time coming in after Wenger. Um, you know, it's a transitional period for Arsenal. So it's hard to judge him on that. But you look at what he did at Sevilla. You know, mm-hmm. the guy was just a serial trophy winner. Um, at Villarreal, he did the same as well. He, he beat Liverpool, it. didn't he? For, uh, for uh, Europa League. Yeah, so, so Sevilla, he beat when yeah, he Klopp beat Klopp in a final. Yeah. yeah, I think he I think he won like either three or four Europa League finals for Sevilla, which was nuts. He obviously um beat you guys for Villarreal as well. Yeah, man, you don't Europa League that final. That's <laughs> it's totally unnecessary. <laughs> um, we I mean, know what he, he, he did to us. <laughs> and then he got to a Champions League semi final as well yeah. with them. Um so you know the guy. You know, he's he's a, he's a very good manager. I don't think he quite gets the respect he deserves. Sometimes people, mm-hmm. you know, make fun of his accent and stuff. Uh, the whole "good evening" um, thing. But I mean, I mean, don't know that for you. The guy, the guy's, a, the guy's a tactician. He knows he knows what he's doing. And I think it's exciting times for Villa as well because throughout his career, he's been known to play four four two. It's his preferred formation, um, and Villa have two really good forwards in Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. You know, if he can get those two playing together um, and if he can then, I mean, even him coming in seems to have got a little bit more out of Leon Bailey as well. So mm-hmm. if you can have, you know, 
those two up front and Bailey on one wing and then Buendia or someone on the other wing, maybe like that's a good team. And they've got some good young players that will benefit from his coaching, like Ramsey um, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, they look good when they played you guys just before the break as well. Um, yeah. They beat us one game. Yeah. And then we, I think, I think we played them right again afterwards in the cup. They beat them in the Carabao out. cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I think they'll give Liverpool a game. I think Liverpool again, you should make them favourites because they're Liverpool and they've got yeah. you know players like Salah who are a level that you know Villa don't possess. But Villa could quite easily win that game if they if they carry some of their form pre pre uh, World Cup into this game. Um, mm-hmm. And Emery's had even longer to work with them now as well. I don't know if they had that many players go to the World Cup. So yeah, apart from obviously Martinez, but he's yeah. going to come yeah. back absolutely on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah. And he probably won't be back this Monday, but, uh, so the thing yeah. about Emmy Martinez, right? Like, like Villa is in trouble as far as he's concerned, because so I'm talking to Lloyd, diehard Villa fan, season ticket holder, been to Villa games with him. And, you know, I, I was kind of fucking with him, teasing him <laughs> because I saw a very dangerous post about Bayern Munich looking at Emmy Martinez. They, 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 they need a goalkeeper because, uh, what's his name? Hurt oh, himself yeah. in a, Neuer hurt himself in a ski accident, so he's done for the season. So it looked like an, a legit, like, it's not one of those, like, uh, just rumor posts. It looked like, <laughs> yeah, why not? Why wouldn't they go after him? But uh, on top of that, uh, when Unai was at Arsenal, he sent Martinez out on loan. So I heard they didn't get along. So all those like loan stints or some of them that he did, like at Oxford and other places that you mentioned, you know, like Unai was responsible for that. So now they're at the same team and Una, uh, Martinez is going to come back with a World Cup, you know, he might be like, fuck this guy. I can go anywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does stay over there. I would like him to stay. He seems like the type of dude that would stay yeah. if he did get along with the coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they, they necessarily, necessarily hate each other. I mean, some of those loans mm-hmm. were before Emery got there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if, it was a, if I was a keeper who wasn't playing, I'd want to be loaned out. And right. you know who, who like those, those loans, whether he liked it or not at the time, they prob- they led him to where he is today. Um, right. You know who who knows if his career would have panned out the way it did if because you know he if he'd have got put in the Arsenal team before he was ready and mm-hmm. he fucked up a bunch and then he got dropped, he probably would have ended up dropping down the leagues or going abroad or something. So whatever mm-hmm. happened in his career path led him to get in the, in the team when he did. It led to the move to Villa. It led to getting in the Argentina team. It led to him eventually winning a World Cup. So, um, you know, the whole butterfly effect thing, who knows if something different, if something had been slightly different in his past, who knows if he would have ended up yeah. where he ended up. His life is literally one of those Instagram quotes. quotes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, it's going to get tougher before it gets easier. Right before <laughs> you give up, that's when the thing is going to happen. And it's like, yeah, it's literally some of the loans to clubs that you would never feel like a World Cup winning goalkeeper of that caliber is would ever be at before they end up on the same <laughs> team with Messi and helping Messi 
get uh, a so he's definitely yeah, Ro- Rotherham, Reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, he um, should be appreciated to Unai. <laughs> Unai, good evening, Emery, for uh, sending him out like that. Uh, we got Arsenal versus West Ham. It's another interesting Battle of London thing going mm. on. I, I, I got to check and see where West Ham is at the table, but it's it's around this time when West Ham starts kind of getting their shit together for the season. So yeah, they they started to just be... before the break. They they started really mm-hmm. badly at the start of the season, then they've they seem to have picked up um, mm-hmm. not long before the break. So you, know, you figure Arsenal will be facing. We're we're trying to get our ish together. West Ham. Right now, they're like 16th, I think, at this table. That's what this thing says. So, let's see. And it's going to be an Arsenal without Gabriel Jesus. And uh, did they have many people in the World Cup? Gabriel Jesus, Shaka. Martinelli was for Brazil. Martinelli was for Brazil, but he, he only played like yeah. in like one game-ish. Yeah. Or two. Partey. Partey was for Ghana. He got injured though. He never played for Ghana, I don't think. He he played at least one game. I saw he him play one, one game. game. All right. I don't know exactly what happened to him, but Yeah, I didn't hear his name a lot, like when I saw Ghana play, so yeah. So that's gonna yeah, ben, be Ben White got sent home from England. I think he there's something wrong with him. Yeah. Um I don't know fully what that was, so there was that. Uh Gabriel was in the Brazil squad, I think, but didn't play. Right. Or did he not make the Brazil squad? I can't remember. Because obviously, the, he, if he did, he wasn't Martinelli? that much. I know no, the Martin... defender, Gabriel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I he don't made think it, he actually. Yeah. yeah. Saliba was with France. So then he definitely just got back. So he might, may or may not feature. I mean, he was he didn't training really play, with did them. He? So, yeah. Nah, he played one game, I think. Came in at the yeah. end of like one game or something. So... Oh. We'll, we'll see. That's going to be uh, interesting. But Arteta is going to, like, hey, without Gabriel Jesus, just psychologically, if you drop points and City gets closer to you and you know you won't have Gabriel coming back in for a minute, Gabriel Jesus, it's going to might put some pressure on these young players that they never felt before and that they might not be mm-hmm. able to handle. And that's where the beginning of the end could start for them as far as them being able to win the title. And they got to make it to January, which is not far from here to like, I'm, I'm sure they've been like going through the, 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 uh, the, the pages of Tumblr for players to see, <laughs> <laughs> to see who they might get. Like, so they're going to have to spend some money to to keep this lead, 100%. Mm. I've not seen them linked with any strikers. Though. I've seen them linked with um, uh, Mudrik from Shakhtar, who's a winger. Uh, he's a goal-scoring winger, but he's not a centre-forward. Um, unless they want to move Martinelli in as a centre-forward and play Mudrik out wide if they signed him. But I've seen them linked with him and, and Tillemans, the main two that they've been linked with. Um, Tillemans, obviously... You know Leicester at the moment, but his contract's up in the summer, so they might be trying to get some money for him while they can. Right. 
this Chelsea Bournemouth game is interesting, <laughs> just because Graham Potter has to start winning, and if he doesn't yeah. win this game, a game everyone expects him to win, like Chelsea fans who are used to successful Chelsea coaches are gonna just start losing the little faith that they had left in him. And I feel like he could be a good Chelsea coach in the future, but he has to make it to that future by winning games like this. Yeah. So good luck, Potter. Bournemouth had a little bit of, um, they had some nice form just before the World Cup break as well. They had some players that were coming into form. Um, like one of the ones who, were, who was um, sort of doing stuff there, came out of nowhere a little bit, was Tavernier. Um, one of their wingers, he scored a couple of goals just before the break. He was he was looking good. Uh, Solanke had started to show up a little bit for them as well. They had big key for more. The, the Wales yeah, yeah. forward was coming off the bench and causing problems just because he's huge. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and Gary O'Neill's got the the contract full time there now as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to uh, to see, yeah, what he's been working on over the break and. Yeah, that'd be an interesting game to see if they can cause because if they start well, you know, Chelsea had some jitters before the World Cup. So, mm-hmm. um, but like you say, it's time for Potter to to really show that he belongs at that level now. Because um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think Chelsea fans are nervous. With yeah. the one we know certainly is. Yeah, like they're eight. <laughs> That's unheard of for Chelsea. You know, last um, time. I mean, they've done it a couple of times when when Mourinho went off a cliff and when Conte went off a cliff, they've kind of been in those positions. Those were name brand coaches and they got fired. (laughs) Those were the Balenciaga and Gucci of coaches and they (laughs) tossed them out. So, yeah, again, Graham Potter hasn't achieved nothing close to what these guys have. So, (laughs) even though it's a different ownership, you know, we'll, we'll see what the temperature like how low is this Todd Bowley group? Like how much can they take before they, you know, maybe them being in America. I don't know how, where Todd Bowley's been and how much he hears from the Chelsea fans, you know, you know, so, you know, that, that also will play, have some effect on how, but Graham Potter has to win this game. Just has mm-hmm. to, no question. Yeah. And he has returning players from the World Cup too, so that might be an issue. Like, I don't know what they're... They got... You, did you beat them in a preseason game? Who beat them? Was it Villa? I think it was Villa. Uh, v- Villa did, yeah, because that was when Brogia did a ACL for mm. for Chelsea. It was a pretty ter- terrible day for them. Yeah, and they lost. Yeah, they lost Brogia. So, yeah. It's going to be... It's not going to be easy for Chelsea and Potter. Uh, the only thing I want to say about Man United versus Tottenham is uh, it's at home. We're playing Tottenham. a lot of home games. I mean, Man United. My bad. Who you who you playing? Uh, uh, Nottingham Forest. Forest. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesse Lingard returns, oh, yeah. and uh, everybody that Nottingham <laughs> Forest has bought over the summer, they're all coming through. Uh, I don't know how many of their players are at the World Cup. Not that many, so they probably had some good times together yeah. training. Yeah, I take it Henderson. Good. Henderson can't play because he's a, a low knee. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So he can play so, a good. So they're going to have some backup goalie in. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, I don't want any slip-ups here. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing we played that Burnley game. And we played a lot of uh, players. Uh, in the Burnley game, Harry Maguire was sick. So Casemiro played centre-back. I don't think Varane is going to be back. He just played a World Cup final. And I don't know yeah. if Harry Maguire is still going to be sick. But definitely Martinez <laughs> ain't going to be back because he just won a World Cup final. <laughs> so we're going to be missed. But Delau, he didn't play. He got injured, I think. Yeah, so he's the World injured. Cup. Short so, yeah, came in. We got just Lindelof. <laughs> just Lindelof on it's his own. Just, it's just Lindelof on his own. Maybe <laughs> drop Casemiro back. We'll maybe still we'll got the same midfield. You still got a Phil Jones there? Can you can yes, you sir. open up the cupboard and dust him off? Bro, and... bro I was thinking about that, and when you have to think about that, that's not good. Yeah, no disrespect to Phil Jones, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, our guy. Ten Hag doesn't want to play him. That's why he dropped Casemiro back against Burnley to defend him. So it's not just me. It's you, uh, Phil. So, so this is going to be interesting just to see who we play, who we think is fit. And uh, just, you know, it's funny, man. I watch a lot of Man United games and the formation that first started us on our streak of wins we haven't not the formation but the players yeah in in the positions we'd have we've done a lot of reconfiguring there's been no consistent like like ronaldo's gone now so this is united without ronaldo sancho is still in holland getting his mind and physicality together so i don't think he'll be back for this game and so it's going to be Young Garnacho with more pressure. People expecting a lot more from him just because of that flash he showed or flashes he showed before the break. And playing with expectation is a lot different than when you're just surprising people. And then we're getting... He played a little bit against Burnley, Anthony, but people are going to be expecting more from him. Ratchford showed up against uh, Dane Zelanga and then Marshall. So we should be all right. For this game with forwards but yeah we have to at home we, sh- we should be able to pull this off but it, it's not going to be easy because Nottingham Forest ain't trying to get relegated either as much as the fans say they will be at the <laughs> service station they <laughs> well I, I'm, I'm cheering for you in this game so alright <laughs> we'll see if we can help Southampton out uh <laughs> And then the last game is going to be super interesting because mm. Leeds gave us some thrillers before the season ended prematurely for the World Cup. And there were some players that were shining and that they're exciting and mm. they've blown. And we want to see these players and they're going to be up against Man City who just beat Liverpool and they got a Harlem, you know, who's very effective. And uh, he's had a, you know, some time to work back in with De Bruyne and Mares and you know all the other players that just came back. 
So I'm rooting for Leeds for sure because I want Jesse March to do good, but this is going to be tough, even though they're Mm -hmm. playing at home. And uh, I I guess Jesse March used to coach Harland at uh, Salzburg. At Salzburg, yeah. So I think there was like a joke. He said, hey, man, I want you to be injured for this match. Just tweak your (laughs) hamstring or something like a joke like that. But yeah. It'd be interesting as well because like people know a lot more about the Leeds players now. Like, cause like, mm-hmm. like you were saying with Garnacho was like, he was a surprise and then people have learned about him now. He's, there's an expectation there. I think they're getting that at Leeds now with like, um, like Somerville was, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. We um, know what a young, Somerville is now. Exactly. The young Dutch kid, like, so City will, would have looked at that. Um, whereas previously he was a bit more of an unknown quantity. So yeah, they got some good young players, Leeds. They play with a lot of energy. So, Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching that game. That'll be a real. There's a lot of entertainment, I think, to be had on uh, this first round of fixtures. There's some some really good games. Yeah, I think that one on Wednesday will be, be really fun. Yeah, that, that that's what I call that game fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm watching that. That shit should be fun. As shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If uh, Ivan Tony and... was betting on it, I think he'd be betting on goals. Uh... <laughs> 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 That'd be the Ivan Tony tip over 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 two point five goals. I think in that game, if you're betting on that one, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Leeds will be open, so Ivan. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? That's like pretty much covered all the games. No, that's it for me. I'm just looking forward to to getting back into it. Just that that routine starting again as well. Because mm-hmm. um, the games will come thick and fast. They're obviously trying to cram them all in after the break. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got, a, we, we've got a lot of football to be played still this season. So, uh, yeah, just hoping we can we can pull ourselves up off the bottom of the league. Hopefully the new manager's up to the task. And, yeah, it's just going to be fun to just watch the games again, though. Like, you know, they're coming, like I say, they're coming thick and fast now. It, you know, it's funny because of the England football schedule. Like, when I was a kid, I used to go to bed early because you want to wake up on Christmas morning and open the gifts. But because of football, <laughs> you go to bed early Christmas night so you can wake up early enough to watch the games at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> in L.A. It's like almost the reverse. Or maybe, you know. But yeah, this should be... Uh, it's good to, good to have it back. It's different, though, because there, I am kind of missing the energy of the World Cup. Yeah, like even though I watched most of the games at home, you know, and sometimes Martin came through. There was a there's a certain energy just in your life when the World Cup goes on, and especially that World Cup where everything was so centralized. Like it just had this vibe, and then people traveled there. There was all these vlogs on YouTube, so I could just watch like everybody's different experience there, and it was mostly positive. So I had that energy of the the games which were it was only like really one bad game it was like the opening game but after that like that world cup pretty much took off and so yeah i kind of missed that energy and i'm like i'm i'm like can the premier league replace (laughs) that energy i don't i don't know (laughs) i think it will just through sheer volume of games though because like we say we got we got boxing day we got the 27th um then there's the 28th and the 29th. Like there's there's games all over. And there, oh no, not 29th, sorry. Um, Wednesday 28th, and then there's only a one day break 
And then Friday the 30th, there's two games. And then New Year's Eve, there's one, two, three. There's six games on New Year's Eve and then there's two on New Year's Day. Like, it, I think, yeah, I mean, whether or not it brings the same energy to the World Cup, the schedules is relentless. So right. it will just batter you into submission. It'll, uh, it'll, it'll just take over, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I it's a machine, a so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Premier League is back, everybody. Hope you all enjoy it. Football continues in a different form, but it's still football. And uh, yeah, the World Cup is officially over. And uh, yeah, the Premier League is officially back. And we love you. Merry Christmas. Have a good one. And we'll see you with podcast Monday, right? Yeah, we'll put it out. All right, Lee. Peace. Have a good Merry Christmas. Cheers. I know you're going to do it with the family. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Spend it with the family. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a nice one. And uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to all the, uh, all the listeners, all the watchers. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. we'll, we'll pick up, we'll re-pick up fantasy football as well after the Boxing Day games. See who's, uh, who's got back into it strong or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then also for the people, like we had some good uh, Twitter space talks too. And people joined some that, listen to the podcast and some that didn't we did it for the semi-finals and uh you know shout out to them i'm still in communication with some people from there so we'll see what happens with that and uh yeah man merry christmas to everybody one love have a great one have a fun time with your families and everything and we'll see you all right fam peace